I was on Hobby Hotline last Saturday with Danny Black, Sports Balt, and Adam Palmer, Heroes for Sale, and we had several conversations motivated by some of the questions and comments. This segment is about autograph cards and a lot of different things. A little bit eclectic, as that show can tend to be. Thanks, sponsors, Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication, ComC.com, Burbank Sports Cards, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Heritage Auctions, Huggins & Scott Auctions, Upper Deck, Panini, and Tops. So a Hobby Hotline, always a good time. Hope you will listen to it in its entirety. It's actually a, a live video call-in show where we interact with the audience. I'm on about once a month and other a rotating co-hosts. I'm not on with the same people each time, so it's a different chemistry each time. I really enjoy that. You should watch. And then it's dropped for podcast consumers after it's been live and posted to YouTube. It's a good time, current topics, and sometimes timeless topics. So either way, I try to excerpt some of the sound bites that come out to post to my podcast so I can keep a record of some of the things I've said, especially if I'm treading on new or different ground. So thanks, co-hosts. Thanks, uh, listeners, to make it all possible. And here is that uh, part of Hobby Hotline. More and more athletes are coming out as collectors. Is this something that's always happened behind closed doors, or is this kind of a new phenomenon? We're definitely seeing athletes be more involved, which I think is a good thing. Athletes being more invested. The players are going to take more care of the cards, which as collectors, we care a lot about from getting cards that aren't bent corners and stuff like that. Because we saw that video of Vlad Guerrero signing the cards and just like tossing them into a box on the other side of the table. So it's a good thing from that standpoint, just from maybe we're going to be getting better cards, like in better condition from athletes that are a little bit more invested. And I guess the question is, I know Brooks Robinson gave an interview and he specifically talked about not necessarily collecting his cards, but he knew which ones he liked and which ones he looked silly in the picture. Is this a newer thing with the athletes being public collectors? It's not newer that they're collectors. I think they're more interested in cards now. It's not attributable to fanatics, but it's a trend that fanatics is going to continue to, to fan the flames because memorabilia and cards have somewhat merged. Fanatics has a memorabilia division and a card division. And so when you put those together, Fanatics is just going to be interested in promoting collectors of whatever, any kind of sports stuff. And the player that 30 years ago, 20 years ago, was doing jersey swaps and doing stuff with memorabilia and maybe didn't give cards a second glance. Now they're seeing the cards are big bucks too. I was just thinking that Fanatics has a amazing new source that the previous card companies didn't have of assets and equipment for future sets. And that is that some of the players have jersey collections of game-used, game-worn, legitimate, photo-matched stuff from other superstars that they could release to fanatics to put in future products. They wouldn't even have to go to the open auction to do that. Because for some of these players, there's a sentiment attachment. For some of them, there isn't. And if there isn't, and Fanatics puts out a call to say, we've got a new set coming out in 2024. It's going to be the great icons of baseball from the 90s or the 2000s or something like that. Do any of our players that we're partners with have some cool stuff that we're going to pay prevailing market rates? 
I, I oh, really, play, it could be yeah, cool. So. Yeah. I was going to say, they also have more players under contract for the autograph. Could an athlete create their own one-of-ones by signing their own card and writing one-of-one on the inscription? There's aftermarket signing that can create one-of-ones, but I don't even know that BGS would advise the nomenclature to say this is a one-of-one just because the player said it was. The nomenclature of how a card is described is based on how it was produced at the factory. But then for eBay listings, <laughs> I can see a lot of liberties being taken there. That the, Everything is a one-of-one one on eBay. Whether you write it down or not. It would be a super short print, a short print, a limited edition, a pop one, a rare, never find another one. It's all my favorite eBay sayings. And actually, I'll throw out there also art cards. There are some very cool art cards and there's some very, how should I say, cards that are meant to look like regular cards. So uh, they can be very positive. I've got some fantastic art cards I love. But when you're shopping eBay, just to keep an eye out for that because um, it could be it could be either way. What's to prevent someone to writing 1-1 one, one post-auto? I guess you can write whatever you want. Oh, you I mean, think... a, the, so I sign a card for Danny. Yes. My card. Yes. And I put, thanks, Danny. <laughs> you know, right. Jim Beckett. And, and then Danny goes in there with the same Sharpie or whatever and puts in one of one. What if you write one of one? <laughs> Either Now, the, the handwriting people would have difficulty authenticating my one of one compared to your one of one. I'm not sure there are any exemplars there of your one of one or my one of one. But again, wh why would you pay extra for that? I thought about numbering some autographs because I've autographed my fan favorite card a bunch. And I thought, well, maybe I'll just number those. And I thought, and it's pretty contrived. And it's an attempt to deceive Danny the way we're talking about it now, to put one of one just to hype something up. I hope people don't fall for the hype. It's like the one of ones that are out there with cards. There are now so many one of ones that you have comps because of the other one of ones mm. and not because this card is the only one. Yeah, but it's the only one like these other only ones. Astute uh, curiosities. Can the athletes add a hologram to authenticate their post-market auto? I guess they can start their own authentication company. I don't know how far we want to take this. I'm going to go it's ahead. Done. It's been done. There have been third-party authentication stickers, I think, that were bogus. And so I think that the third-party authentication stickers that are accepted within the organized hobby and by some of these sales platforms are ones that are backed by Jimmy Spence or PSA DNA or Beckett Authenticated. There's some phony autograph authenticators out there. And I'll second that, especially in the 80s and 90s, if people bought stuff, a lot of times shops would be their own quote-unquote authenticator. I just got a call for a huge collection, hundreds of autographs. And the first question is, can I see this certificates? And it's John's Clubhouse and Batter Up Sports and all the other things from the 80s. It creates a problem because I don't know that I can sell that on the secondary market. But if you get an autograph yourself on a card, you don't need to sell it either. You can enjoy it. So Dr. Beckett's one of one. I don't know that I am looking to flip. Each row has his own holo sticker. I did not know that. Yes. So obviously some players are doing it. And have you seen where they're now personalizing their autograph? Some of the athletes are not just signing their name. They're writing like to win the World Series or something on the card beyond their autograph. I actually like when the athletes write stuff. A lot of the younger athletes write go Yankees or whatever it is. It's almost like an art appreciation. This gives you a connection to the athlete beyond just the card, beyond just the jersey. And the fact that they thought about it, I think is extremely cool. I think there was a card that came up this week. I don't know if it's every so often it goes viral. It was like a Mike Trout 
Bryce Harper card where they were like, I think Mike Trout signed it was like Bryce Harper's awesome. He signed his name and then Trout was like, or Harper was like Trout's the goat or something along those lines. And then there was also, I've seen recently that there was like a Kobe LeBron autograph where LeBron must have signed first because he signed his statistics of one of the games he played at Madison Square Garden. And then Kobe scored at Madison Square Garden one more point or something. So then he put his statistics. And yeah, I think the inscriptions are pretty fun like that. Like when you're finding maybe cards that, or maybe it's a set that needs to be created where you're signing, but you're not exactly signing. Dr. Beckett, do you know what your rookie card is? Not the 2005 fan favorites, no offense, but that card was inserted some of them were in packs and some of them were in the magazine. So they're more plentiful. But Topps had a 92 card for me. And that may not even be my rookie card because there was a regional set in, I think, 85 or 86. I should have called Victor for this to get some clarification. Victor is not going to the regional set. because That's what but I was and, uh, and the 92 Topps media set was, the, it's the same one that Rich Klein is in. So it's riches. So I think probably that that's a rookie card issued by Tops, not in a pack. It breaks a lot of the rules that give Victor heartburn and me too, except that it's my first card from Tops. And then my okay. second card is 2005. And that actually was in a pack. I got to ask, are they graded? I've graded some of them. Do you have your own rookie card graded? That's pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, come on. Yeah, yeah, but I don't necessarily grade them as much as I autograph a few and then I get them slabbed because, you know, I get Beckett authenticated. Steve Grad authenticates them for me. And he, he gave me grief one time. He said, that doesn't look like your signature. I said, look, I submitted it to you. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Well, I think what you've done is created the one of one that we were talking about. Maybe, yeah. I love the interaction with other with you guys as well as the people that are commenting because they people just come at things differently. And again, we still have these two groups of people, the people really down on the investors. 99% of the hobby is more concerned about any mantle card and under 10 bucks, let's say, and instead of $10 million. And I think there's nothing wrong with talking about a topic and not making it your PC. I love the mantle as much as anybody. That's different than me thinking I'm buying and flipping. I think we can have both conversations. If you had a rich uncle that put you in his will, and mm -hmm. in the will was a 52 mantle because he knew that you collected cards, many people that would get bequests to get a, a inheritance, they'd sell the card. It's oh, too it's valuable to hold when you've got a, a monster box of cards from this year, and then you've got this million-dollar card. I think most people would say, explain that to your wife. Hey, my uncle right. gave me this card. It's worth a million dollars, but I just need to hold on to it. It was really good, and it's famous. Uh, I know we're late on our mortgage payment, and we uh, don't have diapers. Yeah, I've been for 18 years because I don't do that. Gee. <laughs> the man in the house.